Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. The following podcast is a member of the Great Big Owl family. Hello, welcome back. It's my mate bought a toaster, Tom Price here with you. No Sam Baines, no Beth Granville, no one, just me uh, this week. And I'm thrilled to be joined by my good friend, but also genius comedy writer and actor, the wonderful Frog Stone. Hello. Hello. You opened your Amazon account in 2000. Gosh, that was early. Did I even have email? How did that happen? Quite impressive. I don't know about your email situation there. I can't look at that, but I can tell you, you opened it in 2000. Uh, but you didn't place any orders. That feels like a very frogstone thing to do. I'm going to set up my account uh, and lay my claim. Well, to I won't have had any money. That's why. Well, what were you doing in 2000? So 2000, newly in London. Mm, terrible, dark times when you just landed. Yeah, just arrived and we were living. Me and my friends were living in Tooting. Yeah. Which we had some brilliant parties, mm-hmm. and our two of us were actors, and one of us had an actual job at the BBC. The B. You've got all the Clarice. <laughs> you've got all the way. Um and. So she bought a computer, mm-hmm. and I think I we contributed, but didn't really, to the Wi-Fi. You know, it wasn't Wi-Fi, to the dial-up. Yeah, it was still dial-up then. Was it proper still, can you get off the phone? I need to jump onto the yeah. hot rail. And so in days when we weren't working, mm. or like doing a temp job or whatever it is, um, then we would, ah, you see, me and my friend Alice, we would play on Sims all day long on that computer. Oof. And then I think we were like, ooh, the internet. Yeah. And so I will have opened an account, but I wouldn't have had money to... Okay. I mean, I had no... I don't think I got out of my overdraft for a long time. Right, so you're deep in your overdraft. Mm. You're on dial-up broad, uh, dial-up internet, not even yeah. dial-up broadband. Broadband was a That was dream. very late, yeah. yeah. yeah late. So, yeah, it's it's the the new millennium has arrived. Mm-hmm. Okay. But we're pre-terror, aren't we? Well, we are pre-terror. And, and then here's what happens. 2001 comes along. And I... Well, what do I buy? Great year. Please don't say some weapons. So, 18th of September, 2001. So, you're obviously triggered. It's a week after 9-11 has happened. Yeah. And you buy Meet Me in St. Louis, 1944. Uh, and you buy duck soup from 1933. Oh, they would have been that would have been. Stone. That's my dad. Yeah, my dad, dad. So at this stage, not dead though. No, very, very much, much alive, alive at this point. And so is this uh, September? This, oh, this is his birthday? birthday. Yeah, yeah. So you are dad's birthday. You bought right. him. You bought him two films from the 1930s and 1940s. Good yes. use of Amazon early doors there. Yes, Meet Me in St. Louis. He, I think, he would have said was his favourite film. Oh right, well there you go. It's Judy Garland film. Make of that what you will. Mm-hmm, fine, okay. And Duck Soup, <laughs> of course. Um, so uh, okay, so so the only things you bought in 2001 were just two gifts for your dad. Right. Yes. Uh, Fifteen pounds ninety. Very straightforward. Very standard. That would have been a sort of experiment with. Oh, have you got them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got three day delivery. You got them a day early. It's like sending wow. the emails and then ringing somebody saying, "Did you get the email that I've sent?" Do you ever do the thing where you're worried that you're as a as a maybe someone who isn't constantly employed like me? Uh, do you ever send yourself emails to see if your email is working, and then get really excited when it does? 
Well, no, I get upset. I haven't done that. But I, I do email myself quite a bit when I'm saving stuff, you know, scripts and writing. I'm like, oh, everything's going to break. And, yeah. you know, all backup drives are always pulled out and they're likely to be corrupted. So mm-hmm. I do send myself stuff then. And that I find upsetting. So I'm like, yeah, well, it is working. Isn't it? <laughs> I check my junk mail loads. Oh, that's so true. Because but- maybe once... Every six months, something good does go there. Yes. But mostly it's endless porn. Yes. Oh, no, that's what I'm looking for. That's specifically what I'm after. That's why it's such a joy to check <laughs> the junk. Always check through the junk in the trunk. Um, all right, so let's go on to 2002 in that case. Uh, two purchases in 2001. 2002, um, you bought an ultra-compact digital camera in September 2002, again, for your dad. Oh. You're, so you're just you're just deploying Amazon as a, a present-buying service for your dad, basically, at the moment. That's what's happening. I bought a camera, did I? That's bloody generous of me 36 quid love that's loads in those days an ultra compact digital camera oh listen to the megapixels oh this is so adorable 0.3 oh my god so did it even taste it just a series of blurs pixelated pictures of your dad (laughs) that's all that exists well yeah it's funny i didn't bought presents for anybody else i Mm -hmm. don't know why let me think when did he retire i'm just imagining if he was at home well maybe so this was thing when did how old has it been no, no, not retired yet. Nice but do you know presence. what? He just was never didn't go into work very often anyway. Was he a good person to buy presents for? No. Right, so he adhered to that male stereotype of just going, oh, right, thanks. Basically, he didn't want anything, mm. but whatever you did get him was wrong. Oh, that's delightful, isn't it? You know, that mm. sort of classic thing. And I've, it's, I've seen so many dads do this. I remember an erstwhile friend of mine uh, being in his house and he'd got his dad... Like a chef's outfit for a barbecue thing, you know, like in yeah. some good night, whatever it was. And the first thing he said was like, M- this is wrong. You've got it wrong. <laughs> like meaning the size or something. And I was like, God. Oh, no. Yeah. You can't do that yet. So, but my dad was always like that. If you get him anything, he would. He might want something, but never. I mean, the thing is, you see, I say this and I'm, I'm exactly the same. I'm like, well, I don't really want anything. But you're probably, there's something in my imagination Mm. Which you won't get, and mm. I couldn't tell you what it is yet, but I know, I know when I don't see it. It's very much like a commissioner. <laughs> so basically, all present receiving is well, that's not it. <laughs> yes, yeah, so it was good training, wasn't it? Yeah, it's true. Here, I've come true. up. I've put my heart and soul into this. Please take a look. Mm, we're just not looking for that right now. Oh actually, oh my god, it's so don't want true. To. Give it uh, this. I mean, there's a direct correlation already between all of us, all performers with our useless parents, yes, and why we became performers in the first place. Yeah. But this is it. It boils down to the present giving yeah. procedure, doesn't it? Yes. You sit. So if right now anyone listening is a parent with young kids who they don't want to end up in the performing arts industry, yes, please God don't let them end up there. Be lovely when they buy you gifts. Yeah, love what they do. Love what they do. Really appreciate the effort that they put into it. Um, I think there's a whole different podcast. Don't offer any notes. How to make how to parent your children? Don't well, I, no, notes. we should do this because we should have a um, how to parent them away from the performing arts. And then, yeah, and then we need to get back back in the studio in twenty years' time and go. Yes, going. We're like find out. Yes. Honestly, I really believe that. If people say people say to me, "Oh, like my youngest," they say, "Oh, he's such a great storyteller. He's going to be an actor like you." And I'm like, "No, no, 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 he's no, not. no." Because I'm going to show him so much love and affection. He does not need. Well, isn't it Alan de Botton oh, said yeah. that like. You don't want your children to want to be famous mm. because it's a, an absence of attention. And I'm sort of excited about that the babies will be, I'm encouraging them to be engineers, ideally. Yes. But Felix does do a thing where he goes into his play tent and then comes out and goes, ta-da! <laughs> oh, my God! Oh, my God, Felix. Considering both his mums are performers, I know. he's doomed. Completely but, doomed. But um, he can build a tower quite well. So I'm like, yep, yeah, architecture. 
Uh, yeah, architecture is what we're after. I suggested chef the other day to. Oh, uh, it's a hard life, isn't know, it? Being a chef. I love a good chef. We're skipping ahead to 2004 now. So basically, you seem to have a, a, a technique with Amazon. Uh, Frogstone goes dark for the whole year, and then suddenly you strike around Christmas time, right? So well, it December, makes sense, doesn't it? December 24, that's what it's for, yeah. So in your life in 2004, where are you at this point? Are we do- we're doing Edinburgh's and things like that? Yes, I think. Well, I, do you know what? I think this is first Edinburgh. Oh. This is that first Edinburgh. You'd got an iPod. I had. Well, Beth bought me an iPod. And we couldn't believe it. Mm, 20 gigabytes of uh, musical storage. It still sounds good to me. It's still good. I doubt I use that much. Even by today's standards, that's still excellent. Um, Yeah, so I think that's the first Edinburgh. So doing lots of live comedy at this point. Good, good. Okay. Um, Yeah, wrote that show. I think I am living uh, in Kilburn now. Okay. With my friend Scott. All right, so you and Scott are in Kilburn. And you, you're, you're using Amazon mainly for, for presents for people. So Libby Stone, Again. Will Stone, my uh, brother. all doing very well. Presents like Derek and Clive, Get the Horn, classic yeah. for Will. And uh, that was actually in January 2004. That would be his birthday, yeah. His birthday, yeah. So this is interesting, Frog. Um, mm. Let's move on now to 2005. You're doing Edinburgh's, you're in Kilburn living with Scott. But look what you've bought for Cicely Giddings. Ah, well, I, 2005 we moved in together, I think. Oh, right, okay. Oh, yes. so that long ago? Yeah, after after Edinburgh. Right, okay. Mm-hmm. And you bought her Dear Catastrophe Waitress by Bernd Sebastian. Hooray! Yeah, and we went to see them. I love Bernd Sebastian so much. Yeah. Do you, is that a band you both love then? Yes, that's your, that's separately, your kind of, yeah, you know, one yeah. of those ways. I've got a real problem with this because, and I think this is the, there's a lot of flaws at the heart of my marriage, but the fact that me and my wife <laughs> just... Apart from Christmas music, we neither of us have any crossover in our musical Really, times. at all? So if she hears Bell Sebastian... She's like, oh, God, what is this? Yeah, what is this crap? <laughs> I can't bear it. Because it just goes, it goes, doobity-doobity-scooby-dee-boo. Mm. She thinks it's all sort of staring at your shoes uh, and all being Oh, no, but it's shy. from the glory days. You see, I've ri- been writing something. It's not actually the thing that I meant to finish and should have handed in today. It's a different <laughs> thing that I've been right. working on just for fun that nobody will want. Oh, but one of those ones. characters, yeah, the, the thing is, they are, aren't they? Yes. It's yeah. like everybody would say the things that are in the bin or weren't commissioned were the better versions and the things I actually saw. But um, I have a character who I think I'll just move into every show until she appears, who just is, is kind of lives in the 90s still. Love it. And as part of her therapy, if you like, to convince people... But she's right, you know, there's a 90s tune for every occasion. And so it's all about her 90s playlist. Do, like, is there yeah. a Bell and Sebastian? Oh, absolutely. You, it's got to be the boy with the Arab strap because of teachers, because that's the theme tune to teachers. Yeah, but that's I think so that's why I 90s. don't like it, um, because it's been used before. Right, okay. I'm trying to think of, um, how late is the If You Find Yourself Caught in Love one? I quite like that one. That's noughties. Oh, is it yeah, really? Yeah, that's 2003, I think. In fact, maybe it's even on this album. Oh, well. I'm just thrilled that you've got some Bell Sebastian on the go. They're a brilliant, well, they're a brilliant 90s band, but they also evolved, and they still kind of do great music, even though it's kind of still got its 90s roots. Is that fair to say? Yeah. Like, a, you know, like an ace of bass that's aged well. I, was I try like, and get Ace of Base into most episodes. Ace of Base. I was talking about Roxette the other day. Yeah. Remembering them and their great hits. Da-da-da-da-da. Are they Scandi, Roxette? Yes. They're like Ace of Base, but not. I looked up Ace of Base live the other day. Are they still going? No, no, no. They, they split in 2008, I think it was, but there were videos of them performing live. Quite glad I didn't go and see them live. But, you know, I met this guy on a film job that I was writing on mm-hmm. who was doing all the music. Right. Um... And Can you tell us the film job? Because people yeah, will be wanting to know. Yeah, so Juliet Naked, which is about a Nick Hornby book, which yeah. is about um, a man obsessed with a 
rock star from the past and his wife who or girlfriend who, who ends up getting in touch with him blah 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 and the book and the film are not exactly the same and anyway I worked on set writing on it with the writing writers mm-hmm. anyway and there's a guy who's doing all the music because there's live music in it for the character T- Tyler Cray and his wife is Nina from the Cardigans no way yes because he was just talking I can't remember his name isn't that appalling but I mean I was just more interested in her obviously quite right too um, Nina's was, husband that's what his name is yeah he was brilliant he was lovely was but he was going Cardigan? oh well you know she still does something something yeah you know these places there's still loads of places in America they just want a 90s band <gasps> and I was like who is your wife and I was like oh my god I loved the Cardigans dun, dun, dun. No, but even, what's the one I like the most? Carnival, I think, is the song I like. It was full 90s. Oh, God, that was so good. good. So were the cardigans a bit scandy as well? They are, yes. So hang on, what is this scandy? Well, ABBA, isn't it? It all begins with ABBA, Yeah, but no, in the 90s, there's a real rash of scandy. You've got your ace of bass. You've got your rock set. You've got cardigans. Is it just 90s? Or have the scandies been here like Ikea, Mm. Ikea? Um, and then, you know, there's ABBA and then there's all like Nordic mean, knitwear and, and that's like 10 years ago already. All so of that the crime Scandies, drama. oh man. I think they've just always been around. Like They're a bit like the Cylons in Battlestar Galactica. They're just sort oh, of amongst no, you've us. you've lost me now. Well, <laughs> <laughs> They're just amongst us. It was a great analogy. Right. Uh, also, you've got the magic numbers. Now, the magic numbers. Oh, well, because cause we perform with here them. Here we go. Let's have the magic numbers stories, please. We love the magic numbers. Oh, well, you, I mean, you know, it's a long time ago. But they, so we used to do a sketch night. Mm-hmm. And you would compare it sometimes. I did occasionally compare it. Yes. Did you called... do sketches as well? No, not really. I'm not really. It wasn't really funny enough to do that. That's just... not true. It is true. I'd sort of, I'd sort of stand up and and. Uh, I'm not sure I was funny enough to do sketches. I'd have been better just comparing. Listen, anyway, we all, everyone was fine. We all did well. But you uh, would go up and do sketch, etc. That's it, isn't it? Sketch, yes, that's what it was called. And the magic, they would always have a, a music act. Yeah. And the magic numbers did quite a few. And actually, do you know why? I they were lovely. Brothers and sisters and girlfriends. There was a combination, wasn't there? Oh, yeah, all sorts going on. They were brilliant. And yeah. they, the whole family came along. And so they were all there being really good. And they became... They also... They're like a thing of the noughties, weren't they? Because they did... Lo- they were got big. And then, as with huge. all things, they, they're they not anymore, right? They peaked. I mean, they still gig and they still release albums. Yes, but, I mean, do people yeah. release albums? Is there? Well, they dropped. They, they, had a, they had a David Gray journey, shall we say. They, anyway, they yeah. very much enjoyed my material. Well, that's so the most important thing. I'll return the favour and I'll buy the album. I mean, but you weren't the only one, but you thought when you were buying the album that you were sort of doing them a favour. Yeah, but I think they practically millions. made it sound like that at the time. Yeah, they're very sweet magic numbers. Hello to them if they're listening. Um, Everybody's Golf, Platinum on the PSP. Bought that for Frogstone in August uh, 2006. Go on. Ah, so PSP, mm-hmm. right? I bloody loved that thing. Yeah. And I had it, there was a... 2006 was quite a good year work-wise, as I recall. Oh, I did a couple of plays, Uh three plays, travelling around places, two in London and up in Liverpool, um, in Manchester, in Stoke. I also acting in them or writing. Acting in them. No, I wouldn't be asked writing. So, were you writing stuff apart from your sketches? You weren't writing because obviously the sitcom came later on, didn't it? Yeah. No. So I, well, no, I was doing some stuff. I think I'd done a little bit of trying stuff out, but I wasn't getting very far at that stage um and you know if i'd had any sense i'd have stopped (laughs) then but you can apply that to any showbiz career well exactly but no no and then i also did a i had this very busy um sort of summer i guess it was do you know i think it was from may until december i was actually working the whole time it's a long long way from may to oh september anyway yeah go on um and 
don't think that's ever happened again in the same way. Mm. But and I did a film, a telefilm about the Holocaust. Oh yeah, yeah, the Belson. Yeah, yeah. And that filmed in Dorset somewhere. So there was lots of train journeys anyway. And I got this PSP. So because this was pre, you know, Angry Birds and phones and stuff. The idea of handheld entertainment that oh wasn't a book or masturbating. Incredible. Yeah. I mean, you could do it all with the PSP. <laughs> you could, yeah, on the PSP, that's what it was called. <laughs> but I also, and so I ended up buying loads of games to play on the PSP and oh. films. You could put these discs in. You bought Bewitched. On the uh, Why, UMD Mini I? for PSP. Because uh, yeah. I remember that's rubbish. So <laughs> what on earth possessed me? Oh, hang on. Let me have a look. Uh, what else did I buy? Bewitched. It's got four stars. Uh, Nicole Kidman and Will Ferrell. It doesn't deserve four stars. Right, okay. Because on. I remember there's a twist at the end. Shirley MacLaine's in it, but then they don't go the twist. It's one of those things quite early where you go, oh, something's been cut massively here. Mm. Or they've got several different writers or something's gone wrong. Anyway, oh, one of those. We go, um, I did not enjoy this movie, and in contrast, I was often in stitches laughing at the original series. That's from A. McKee. Well, they're watching them simultaneously, one Maybe. on like <laughs> a VCR and one on the PSP. Um, a was... nice film, someone said here. Uh, a really nice film, disliked by the critics, I suspect, for being nice. There we are. Some. Uh, well, but it was. They were. Um, do you know what, though? I mean, that's the beginning, that's the thin end of the wedge, isn't it? Because things were nicer back then, before everything turned nasty. Things were nicer in 2015, 16, I guess it was. Then it no, I, I think that it's the beginning of um, lots of. When reality TV became really dark, yeah. that was the sort of beginning. You know, somebody on a radio phone in the other day who. Um, he called in, they said, and Ryan, what, what sort of stuff do you like on telly? She's like, I'll be, so, you know, I'll stay and watch telly this weekend. And what's your favourite telly? What genre? And she's like, um, reality. Like, as a genre. Oh, as no. a whole genre as a thing. Oh. Anyway, um, I remember also on this PSP sending um, an email, Wi-Fi, because it could do that. And that's quite early on. This was when everybody had Blackberries. Yes. But I obviously didn't have such a thing. You sent an email from your PSP. Mm. That's that's like a on on the set of Belson uh, I mean, concentration that's, camp. That's like going. That's such a weird combo. I know, isn't it? Whilst watching Nicole Kidman, yeah, arguably the greatest. I'm masturbating with my free hand. Play on God. So many emotional crossovers happening that summer. What a complicated summer it was for you. Well, it went all the way to winter because we filmed Belson right up until Christmas. Right. Christmas was well, it in, in all gen- let's not giggle about this obviously but was it a tricky thing to film it was in a brilliant thing to film what's it called Belson Belson the, the relief of Belson it was on channel four I okay. think you can still watch it actually mm-hmm. um it was a um it was a yeah it was one of those sort of drama docs but high-end one in that it had this um all-star cast it had uh Ian Glenn Gemma Redgrave Corinne Redgrave Tobias Menzies and me. Oh, yeah. All fitting um, together nicely. Yeah. Nice um, I mean, I don't know what's happened to them, the rest of them. But anyway. <laughs> but it was really grim uh, weather mm. and grim topic. And we had, but it was a really nice, happy cast and crew and we drank a lot. Often the way that the grimmer yeah. and more serious the TV thing you're filming, well, the more because, fun is had. Exactly. Like, because the pressure is slightly different. You can be intense and then mm-hmm. you're not sort of worrying about being funny or... Yeah. Things like that. But, um, no, it was good. But my grandfather, the father of Mike Stone, okay. was um, was at Belson, not as a prisoner, because it was mostly women, though he was Jewish. Right. He was 
in, you know, British, family was British by then, but he drove one of, if not the first ambulance into Belson. And he, uh, I don't know this because he died when I was five or six or something, right. but he said that they were all being given all of these injections. They wouldn't be told what they were going to do, um, but they just had to sort of good luck. And um, because so it was... He had a, no idea the scale. Well, no, they didn't because it was, um, the Russians had got, East at this point, but this was it was pre you know Vida. It was quite early on. It was sort of April, March, April, May, okay. when they got to Belsen, and basically they got there. The Germans were like, mm, "We're going to lose the war, but you know, mm, and, and we want a truce here at this site." And the British were like, mm, "Why? Why? Fuck you! Why should we?" And they said, "Because if you don't, we've got a few hundred thousand people. It might be less. Sorry, um, with typhus and TB and dying, and we'll just release them." Oh. God. And so the British were forced to, and it was actually a medical relief effort. So that's what the film is about, because it was a sort of Red Cross and the British Army's medical relief. Um, on, that's astonishing that you ended up working on that film. I know. Did they know that your grandfather was No, they didn't pick, uh, it's not on my spotlight CV. But, no. um, you didn't walk in and sit in the audition I had a, and say, Hi, a guys. passing resemblance to a real-life character called mm. Tadessa Bimko, and, um, who had been at Auschwitz, a Polish woman, and... Uh, then had done the first movie tone news broadcast about the Holocaust, as it were, at that site. Mm. Um, and, yeah, so I, you know, they, they called me in, I auditioned a few times and I got a job. But, um, yeah, it was a strange thing, mm. that connection. Strange resonance emotionally to have your yeah. grandfather involved as well, but also yeah. to have the joy. Yes, I got a part of me. Ooh, sad, yeah. sad for what actually happened. <laughs> yeah. But yes! Hello, ladies and gentlemen, quickly, quickly, we haven't got long. Please listen to the all-new Angela Sandbelly podcast. It's a family one. Oh, my God, it's hilarious. There's so much muck in it. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Bom, bom, mommy. So, 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 so,
Uh, you also bought a, a, one of the most shocking products ever taken to market. Yes, what is it? The Jamie Oliver Flavour Shaker. You bought this for your brother, Will Stone. Right, fine. Nine, uh, £13.97 you spent on this. And to describe it, it looks like a Russian doll. And basically you open it. I think it. I had one and I was quite taken with it. And then there's like a, a metal stone in there or something. And then you throw in your, you know, um, I don't know, whatever flavours you've got, your, your seasoning, and maybe right, some coriander, garlic. garlic, and you shake it all up to yeah. make it into and you some... you make a sort of jizz. You make a sort of flavour jizz, but why <laughs> yeah. not Why not allow the flavour jizz to naturally evolve on the food you're cooking? Why do you have to have a flavour shaker? Well, it's like a pestle and mortar, isn't it? No, because it doesn't act... Pestle and mortar actually grinds stuff well, what down. Does it, what does we this bought, do? It? I speak as a flavour... Someone who bought a flavour shaker. I was at one stage a flavour shaker file, and we had one, and, and we used it twice, and it's a shitty yeah, waste I mean, I of couldn't money. tell you what happened to it now, but this is, what, 2007, you're saying? Yeah, January 2007. Yeah. So that would have been a birthday present. Yeah, I wouldn't have known what to do. Oh, I see. Okay. I can't really picture him cooking. I mean, he might do. Well, you don't, there's no cooking involved in this bit. Maybe this is the pre-cooking, the preparation, shaking right. all the flavors together. Um, it's just was Jamie Oliver quite in then? Yeah, he's not in so much now, is he? Well, he's, he's had, had to close all of his restaurants there's and stuff. Been a hasn't lot he? of Jamie Oliver closing. Hasn't but you know, there? his recipes are good. If you're listening, Jamie, I do like them. Well, I can't believe those. You're saying things from 2007. I'm like, that's a long time ago. That's 12 years. That's like all of primary school and high school. Yeah. And I feel like it was really recent. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I've just read that book. Yeah. I mean, that is... That is time. (laughs) Yeah, that is... That's the fourth dimension, isn't it? That's what's going on. You are... Aging. Also, when you the the thing for me when you hit our age is yeah you're absolutely right. So when I was nineteen twenty, I'm I'm the product you see before you now, the bit maybe a bit more hair, right? Right. And as far as I'm concerned, this is I'm trying to say it to not sound trite and cliched, but it is completely cliched. But as far as I'm concerned, that is about six months ago. Yeah. And yet that's twenty years ago now, right? Therefore, doing some basic maths. Get, take one of those units of time again, add that onto now, and I'm essentially 60. I know. That's the thing I find scary. When you, when you add on the chunk of life you've had as an adult. Do you see what I mean? Yes. That's what's really scary. Well, it's interesting because that was a real turning point of time recognition was my dad dying as well. Of course. I'm going, ah, I'm, I've got this long left. Yes. You must think like that too. Massively, massively. Um, and then going, well, there's not a lot I can feasibly get achieved mm. in that time now. No. <laughs> you know, it sort of feels like a bit like, oh, it's the end of the day, so I might as well just stop now. Because <laughs> well, I'm not going to get the thing done. We are on the, what, you know, Thursday afternoons of our lives. Is that uh, what you're suggesting? Yeah, oh, pretty much. depressing. Um, but then equally... Sometimes time goes so slowly. Like there's some stuff you, you said from 2007 I couldn't remember and it would feel like from a whole other life. Mm, mm. All right, then let's go. Let's skip on ahead to 2009. You're really starting to, you're, you're tipping over the page now. Well, I well. get married in 2009. Yes. So there's probably some interesting shiz. Hence why you've bought the book The Hell of It All, of course. <laughs> Charlie Brooker. <laughs> a guide that to marriage, a, maybe? No, that would have been a gift. Um, yeah, that's in December, isn't it? Let's go back to the beginning of 2009. So you got married in, well, let's say, I don't know, maybe July 2009? May. Like Was it May? Yeah. Was it? It was a bank holiday. Um, and, well, let's head towards so January, some CDs for your brother again. Um, April, you bought The L Word. Oh, what a classic series. Is that the last one ever? Season five complete. Uh, well, season five, I'm not sure, maybe. Uh, well, because do- oh, they are doing a reboot. Oh, really? Yeah. They are doing that? Yeah, I think so. Oh, okay. um, did I you ne- ever watch it, Never Tom? watched it, never watched it. <laughs> Beth did. Weirdly, Beth was watching it all the time. It was odd. <laughs> never really, it was never really on my radar. Oh, well, do you know what? If it was on 
if it was on sort of um, Netflix now, maybe it is, I don't know, it's very sort of binge-worthy, but it's, it's, again, it's very much noughties, it's of its time. Mm. And for all that it was, um, when did it start? I think around sort of 2005, six, I guess. Right. And then, yeah, so it must have finished in 2009. I just didn't watch it, but it's not for, it's just it's not it for on, you. No, no. But I, I've watched <laughs> loads of things that aren't for me. But it just feels like it was on, was it on E4 or something? Oh, I don't think, I think that's why I've got the DVDs, because it was not even on telly. But the channel snobbery, that's, surely that's switching off a bit now, but you know what I mean? It wasn't on E4. God, there, no. There were things that were on that sort of channel where I think, I won't watch I that. I think it was Turns probably on some early digital thing, but I mean, you know, people would have been complaining about it and all sorts. I can't, I don't know what American channel, Showtime it would have been on. Okay. In America. Yeah. Um, and for all it's like oh this is brilliant we've just got loads of gay women and they're all different and oh it's not like anything you've ever seen before because there's lots of them mm. in the end there was like death you know which is the classic dead lesbian syndrome of any character or programme <laughs> that's a thing I haven't just invented it what one of, the, one of them has to die yes or the police somehow get involved <laughs> or normally both what it's like so that's the, the thing what, DLS. Uh, right. D- uh, DLS is dead lesbian syndrome. Yes. Okay, so explain to me why that has to happen so and why that's imposed on the lesbian well, story. Well, it just always has been. It's sort of part of the tragedy arc. Um, and I think... And you know what? It still is. And um, Sally Wainwright uh, also did it naughtily in Last Tango in Halifax. She had... Um, the gay couple and then she killed one off and it's like oh this old chestnut so I think it's become a sort of convention Mm. and I think it dates back to the idea that it's tragic and it's not sustainable and it isn't a plot in itself that necessarily has a lot of interest I think that's what people commissioner types or whatever it is um, so it's a weakness. For. So you're it's a, obviously it's a weakness if they do it, and they did it on on the L word, right? Even even then, which was the whole mm. point where they didn't do it. It wasn't dead lesbians. They were actually having fun and you know mm. looking nice and doing. Fun but they stuff. did fall for DLS in the in end. In the end, one of them definitely is mad and dies, which is the classic. But I think it's a trope. I think also it's because, um, I think it's because well, to quote from that uh, what's that Daily Mail writer. The you know the happy ever after myth, so it's part of that. I think it comes yeah, down it can't from happen. that. Yeah. So right. So there's a slightly Thelma and Louise. You just have to die now because yeah. what you're living is so unsustainable. It, and I think it's not unique. It's not just. I mean, it's it's often central to pre- hitherto um, this point. But women characters as well, aren't they? Sort yeah. of yeah. firebrands, or you meet a sticky end. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That that sort of thing. I think. Yeah. yeah so yeah. this, by extension, is like we can't have that forever. It's a weird thing to default back to, isn't it? Well, when you think about it, I mean, before my time, really, um, the sort of, oh, it was very frowned upon in telly, and it it was used as a sort of, oh, well, this means that she's sort of unusual, maybe a siren, but like a vampire, dangerous. Just got to put the witch word out there somewhere. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. So I think it comes from that. Anyway. Fuck. That's really interesting. I've never seen that sort of... I'd never heard of that before, the DLS. DLS, yeah. People get very upset about it. There's no bus replacement service for that this weekend. (laughs) It's down, man, it's down. Okay, good. Uh, Let's move on from the DLS. Let's crash on through to 2010. You are married. You are uh, living together, obviously shacked up. Yeah, we've bought a flat by this point. Buying more Kate Atkinson as well. Oh, God, that's all we do. Fucking hell. (laughs) Um, Or you've bought a a Decantus Elite wine aerator. Oh, God, yes. We finally... 
come across wine on your Amazon purchase yeah. history. It's a big part of your life. It's a huge part of my life. And I think this um, this is when Amazon started to do good stuff, right? Mm-hmm. This is where you would buy gifts and gadgets. That wine aerator. Oh, yeah, go on, yeah. It's bloody good, though. You know, I still use it. Maybe not that one, but mm-hmm. I still use them. So, hang on. So, the wine aerator, uh, how does that compare to the flavour shaker? Oh, no, it's completely different. Right. <laughs> okay. So the wine aerator is, is the effect of letting your wine breathe. So it's like having decanted the wine, but quickly. Yes. So I think its selling point would be, oh, you know, any um, any wine, no matter any old cat's piss, you pour it through this aerator and it'll taste a little bit better. Yeah. And the science behind that is also true. It just sort of, Oxygen's good for wine. Yeah. Well, it just sort of breathes and it opens up and it sort of pours it through a whirly gig mm-hmm. thing. Um, and the... The extent of the difference is not huge, but it is certainly... I remember the first time going, oh, no, no, that is it is better, straight from the bottle. So if I was going to buy, like, a £5 bottle of wine, which you'd disapprove of if I spent that little on a well, bottle of wine? Well, it depends how you got it, but yeah. Okay, fine. So say I go to a supermarket yes. and I buy a £5 bottle of red wine. Because oh. you, do you only use an aerator for red wine? You don't use it for white wine? You can. Okay. Yeah, you can. So will I... Uh, if I take it back and put it in the aerator... And then serve it up with some people I'm trying to impress coming over for dinner. Yeah. Will they go, God, this wine's nice. Would they know, no. is it like a 10% uplift in quality? I wouldn't say you'd notice that it tastes nice, but you'd take, um, if you're drinking wine that cheap, say, mm. you might go, oh, it needs to sort of open up a little bit. You might notice that the um, the alcohol on the first glass is a bit forward. Okay. You know, you might just sort of notice that. That'll yeah. take the edge off. Right, right. But it wouldn't make it taste different okay but it would sort of the best thing i could say is it would smooth it out likewise if you've got a good wine yeah um then it will need to breathe all that time trapped in a bottle never i would never do that for a bottle of wine I'd never do that that's insane oh i just i wouldn't think of it but, so, so when when mrs price pulls a glass of wine later on yes i should tell her to decant the whole bottle is that yeah. what you're saying? Well, she might not get through the whole bottle. Doesn't that? She'll think I'm trying to encourage her to drink all of Anything, the wine. Anything, though, even like when you open, so my routine, obviously. Yes. You say, if I'm getting milk ready at bath time, uh-huh. like, are we going to have wine? No, we should. I mean, yes. <laughs> my God. You know, every time you have that thing saying, well, maybe we shouldn't tonight. Shall we? Yeah, yeah, right. yeah, 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 yeah. Um, if it's something, I mean, it's not necessarily sensitive, but I will pour it into the glass a mm. little bit. And then the bottle is so it can breathe a little bit. Then by the time I've come down from settling them. Hell. Do you ever nip down mid-settle of a child just to get a quick and then sprint back No, but sometimes I have taken it when they've woken up. I've just taken my glass up to bed. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But um, so that I would let it breathe and then it will be a little bit better. Okay, so uh, a wine aerator, if anyone's listening, worth investing... Totally. 30-odd quid in one. Definitely. We'll smooth it out. And then... But you... Definitely worth having a decant. Any old jug mm. if you're serving some wine. Yeah. <laughs> right. What, like our Paw Patrol jug, which we use for parties? And Perfect. I can pour the wine in that. All right, good, I will. Uh, okay, 2012. It's the 10th of October. You're listening to My Mate Bought a Toaster. Frogstone is with us today. Um, look at this. October 2012, you've bought two of Smithy's Wolf Mask overhead ah! with fur. Tell us, please. Oh, that was for a friend's... We've gone quite ahead now. That was for a friend's baby shower, which she wanted oh. wolf-themed. Right. And two interesting things happened with these wolf masks. Yes. One, they arrived in the post and I put it on and came upstairs with it on. And Nelly, our cat, went, meow! 
because they were so realistic and she did a bit of wee and she sort of bounced in the air and puffed up you know the way cats do and I was like but it's me Nelly and then she was like properly fucking freaked out and when even when I took it off and lay it down she was like oh my god so there's something very uh, inbuilt there yeah it's a pure like this is a predator yeah this is the end of me it's like the birds on Trafalgar Square when they get a massive bird to come along have you seen you know that you know if they're trying to get rid of the pigeons on Trafalgar Square they get someone with a hawk to just stand there. Oh, and the yeah, hawk yeah. doesn't do anything. The hawk is just there. But they know. And the pigeons go, fuck it. Get the get the fuck guys. Go. And they all naff off. So you did that. Oh, I need something like that for a playground. As, so now, <laughs> if anyone's getting in the... Yeah, exactly. That's what you should do. Dress as a giant Get wolf. off those swings. I've got two of them. If they don't both go in, it's a nightmare. Oh, no. Oh, the twins will still to come, obviously, on this show. Um, so, okay. So you've got your wolf mask. Yeah. And then the second thing, I remember putting it on to go and do the quiz that I did at this baby shower. And I had, it made me very asthmatic. Uh, right, okay. Yes. So you now know you're allergic to wolves, see? Yeah, or latex. Or latex, probably wolves. Uh, 16th of July 2012, the new Scotland Yard forensics kit. £20 on that. Explain, please, what's going on there. Um, that, uh-huh. I can tell you. I think, is it a game? Does it have an interactive thing? Yeah. I was doing some teaching in America that summer. Oh, were you? And not the easiest teen preteen tween Uh and so I think I was introducing the purpose of history and you know putting it all in context as like evidence and discovery and you know FBI kind of thing and I also think it had some sort of CD-ROM Brilliant. So I was like, go and do that for an hour and come back and tell me how you go on. Oh, okay. so I thought you were going to do something really interactive and you were being all cool. But I was saying, all cool. I was all cool. Right. But I needed something every now and again to take the pressure off. When you left, did the tween stand on a desk and say, Captain, my captain, please come back? Were you that kind of inspiring teacher? Uh, no. Okay. <laughs> but I yes. did fly on their private jet. Oh, my God. Which is an enviro crime, but I had to do it once. Mm-hmm. That's all right. It was before the climate was ruined. Plant the trees. Yeah, exactly. There was no carbon in the atmosphere. Though. Oh, That's my fine. God. No, but it, was, it is shocking how I got a lift back on their jet. And um, it was absolutely shocking that they used it like an Uber. Ugh. Just nip, what, nipping Even the, you know, from America to UK? Oh, just around, you know, oh, wow. from this place to that place. Yeah. And I did think I was going to die. I mean, I would never want to do it. That is astonishing. How many seats on this plane? Mm, I think there was, there. I think there were eight seats, maybe, but they turn into four beds. Wow, the cost of that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's astonishing. People who can do. It. Have you watched Succession? Yeah, yeah, yeah it's, it's like, like that. that. Exactly like that. But also, you fly above or below where normal planes fly, and it's more comfortable, sure. And then we landed like Big in Hill or whatever, and then you get off. Do they not do passport control when you come back in the country? No, somebody comes on and says, you know, some obsequious person goes, "I'm sure everything's okay." Oh. I get off the plane, and the dog gets off the plane, and whatever diamonds and drugs they're peddling get off the plane. Not really. Wow, not really. Of course, that's just an allegation. Never proved. Yes, thank you. And. Um, but they were, um, no, it's all very easy. What kind of super tutor are you? Well. Spending your time on private mm. jets. Fascinating. Okay, uh, 2013, we've got to keep going because we're running out of time. Yeah, let's do it. One item bought in 2013. Is that it? Of course you bought the Whammo Arctic Force Snowball Blaster Solo. Of course you did. Not just one, you bought three. Oh, yes, for my friend's kids. All right, and do you know what? It didn't snow for years. <laughs> So I don't... bought them because the year before we'd had terrible snow. Yes, and then the well, wonderful snow, 13, depending on which side you look at uh, it. 2013, it didn't snow. And then I remember getting thank you cards or whatever going, oh, it didn't snow. Like, <laughs> I'm not actually in control of that. Can we, um, put, can we put that as a review on the product? Yeah. Bought this and it didn't snow for three years. Yeah, exactly. And um, 
Uh, but then it did snow, didn't it, a couple of years ago, and they were delighted. Oh, Even good. though they were now, you know, sort of grown up. <laughs> 14 or 15. <laughs> yeah. or um, all right, 2014. Nothing bought in 2014. Oh, that was a bad year. I it was. That's the year my dad died, actually. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, gosh, but I'm okay. surprised because we did a couple of live shows, did conference and stuff that year at Soho. Mm. And I had a lot of strange props for Boudicca O'Reilly, my alter ego. Well, not through Amazon you didn't. Um, tw- what's your uh, alter ego called again? Boudicca O'Reilly. Boudicca She's O'Reilly. an expert. Okay, good. Um, uh, 2015 uh, what have we got here more history stuff access to history context an introduction to Stuart Britain oh yeah Stuart Britain's my alter ego actually it's my name (laughs) it's very boring Uh, 2016 nine orders placed in 2016 what happened when in the world that's pretty cool is that basic history stuff is that oh that'd probably be for my niece or something like that it's a Christmas sort of gift or birthday gift or similar Trying Cork- to educate her. Always important. Corksicle wine chiller, fourteen ah. ninety nine. Tell us about the corksicle wine chiller. Again, another very good thing. So it's uh-huh. like a long icicle yeah. um, with a cork. Yes, and you put it in the freezer so it's frozen. And then you, when you've got a, a bottle of uh, white wine or maybe even a Beaujolais. Right, yeah. Or, is a Beaujolais very light red, is it? Yeah. Is almost white red? There's okay. quite a few that you can chill in. And things from... Um, yeah, Switzerland, that's sort of going over that side, going mm. east in France. There's lots of nice reds that you can chill. Anyway, you decant a little bit of your wine, and then you put in the quartz colour, and it chills from within, like a microwave, but the other way around. Oh, and you nice. get a very quick, because there's nothing... I mean, I know that you've had marital difficulties over whether wine has been chilled or not. Yes, big time. Big time. So yeah, if you yeah. had a corksicle, yeah. that'll never that's happen so, again. Well, how quickly does it chill? Really quickly. Really? Mm. A corksicle? Yeah. All right. So that's C-O-R-K. It's like C-I-C-A. whiskey stones. You yeah, know what yeah. I mean? Or any of those things which don't water down. So it doesn't leave water, doesn't no. dilute the product. No, but it chills it. Mind you, the amount of wine my wife drinks, I'd quite like it if it diluted the uh, wine. Just well, I mean. Just take the edge off. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> a little bit less angry. Um, the other thing you bought, February 2016, and uh, this is before everything turned to shit, of course. Uh, Darling Lil, Julie Andrews. We really can't do My Mate Bought a Toaster with you, Frogstone, without talking about Julie Andrews. Well, you know I'm going to see her tomorrow. What? Yes. What do you mean? She's doing um, a gig yeah. at the Royal Festival Hall. And tickets went on sale, and obviously I got them. Um, and I'm going to, and she's uh, peddling her latest book. Right. And I'm going. This will be the fourth time I think I've seen her. What does she do live? What's her thing? Does well, she, she has a chat. So she can't sing anymore, obviously. Oh, because she's got vocal cord problems, hasn't she? Yeah, and that, that's 20 years ago now. But mm. when I saw her at the O2, she was sort of doing a sort of version of a book that she's peddling another book, that she, a children's book that she'd written, which she was acting out. But then she did croon My Funny Valentine. Right. And it was so good. So what, in crooning, does that mean? Well, she's just a lot deeper just now. Just a different But, um, and then she chats, and then she's done a few other gigs where she plays videos and things, mm. like the Mama Rap, which is one of my favourites. The Mama Rap? Yeah, that's her and Carol Burnett at the Carnegie Hall. Oh, wow. They've done a few gigs from when they were in the 50s onwards, and this mm. is in the 80s, and they do a rap in shell suits Oh, that's the Mama Rap. We're going to play a bit of it now. Hang on, let's have oh a quick listen. God, Here we brilliant. go, here we go. When the world's too much and the brain's too full And you had it up here with the hype and the bull What do you do? What the kids do is rap to a rhythmic beat <laughs> Now if the kids can rap about all their stuff Then why not the mamas? We've taken enough It's mama's turn to rap tonight Kids take a seat 
Yeah, that is good. I do like that. Come on. <laughs> Who doesn't like that? It's amazing. The mammer up is my favourite. Do the Andrews thing, Frog. When I found out that you were a massive fan of hers, because yeah. I uh, watched this, The Sound of Music is one of my formative moments as a kid, yes. right? I was on holiday, just me and my dad. I was bored out of my mind. My dad was in the bath and he said, watch this. He just handed me a video of The Sound of Music. How we, long was the bath? <laughs> it was, yeah, it's a long film. The entire Three duration hours. of the Second World War, in fact. Um, the bath ended with me running off the <laughs> mountains with my family. And I fell in love. I love that movie. It's brilliant. So much. And I fell in love with Julie Andrews. I fucking adore her. She's so funny and so brilliant. Oh, my oh, God. And last year... The timing is incredible. Two, yes, two years ago, whenever it was, I was taking some meetings in uh, Los Angeles. Of course you were, yeah. And one of them was in the old Disney building. Yeah. And they're like, oh, well, you know, let me take you to see Walt's old um, desk, which is all preserved. And they're like, oh, we've got all of these underground little networks because... Um, in the olden days, animation, they couldn't go outside, so they would move between the buildings underneath. And it was also a bit like, they were like, oh, yeah, he offered up this building as a, um, for in, in war, it could be a military hospital or something like this. Right. It's a very strange connected building. But outside yeah. was the studio from the offices where they filmed Mary Poppins. <gasps> And I went and, you know, paid homage. How, what, what did you do? What, tell us about the paying homage moment. What is that when you're standing there? Well, you just get a bit excited. That's a sort of funny feeling. And I think she's, there's a handprint or something in some cement. I just want people to go and do things like that without a phone. Because all that happens... I don't like, think I did take a picture. Well, well good. Yeah. You're pretty too busy with your PSP at that stage still. Uh, that, that's no, like, no, oh, no. This is 20... When was this? This 20, is 2017. I, I just love... That, that moment when you end up on set somewhere cool or something, but you're in a yes. very cool place. And the problem is now we all think we uh, we sort of cross the T's and dot the I's by taking a selfie, and it's a, it's an emotionless process because all you're doing is taking a selfie to put on your social media. And I think we should do it without our phones and just yeah. stand there and somehow suck it up. Oh, Julie, sort of osmosis moment. But yeah, no. So I've seen her a few times giving chats. Um, and it's sort of like an evening, well, it's an afternoon with, because, you know, she's getting on a bit now. She's 84. Is she 84? Yes. But isn't she amazing Yes, 84? yes. She's so funny. She's so clever. I love she's that very it's naughty. It'll, get, it'll be a morning with eventually, because they get up very early. When you get in your 90s, you get up about 5 a.m. Yeah. Oh, and I can't meet her, really. I no. mean, so um, there's no point now. No, don't meet her. Um, you shouldn't. You mustn't. No, it would only be... I'm sure she's absolutely delightful, but don't. But still. I had an opportunity, this is, does not compare to Julie Andrews, but I had an opportunity to meet Neil Hannon the other day, the lead singer of the Divine Comedy. And I'm oh, obs- yes. I've been obsessed yeah, with yeah, the Divine yeah. Comedy. Yeah, yeah, good band, good 90s band. Great 90s band. Again, we come back to the mm. 90s thing. Uh, and uh, I was lucky enough to be at the sort of uh, post-show drinks after his show, and he walked right past me. I was with my friend Alexis, and I went, why are we here, mate? Let's just go. It was a great gig. Let's leave. It's not like Neil Hannon's going to walk in. And he was as close as you are now, by himself, with a bottle of beer, walking into the room to socialise. And he walked right past us. And I was like, I bailed. I couldn't do it. No, but I think it's better. I mean, yes. never meet your heroes. No. Ain't that the truth? I've been burned before. So, so I... let's continue this. Because I want to go to January 2017 when you bought four silver metal favour buckets. Ah. Why might we be buying buckets? Only four? I think I bought about 40. Wow. Oh, a pack of 10. Yeah, you bought yeah, yeah, 40. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why might you be bought 40 oh, buckets, Oh, do you know what? So it was for the read-through... The cast and crew read through of Bucket, which is your my TV series, mm-hmm. um, starring me and Miriam Margulies, and it's about a bucket list. And for the read through, it's a funny this. I thought oh, I'll get sweets for everybody as a placeholder, and then you can keep the bucket. Um, so there's jelly beans in them, and I arrived early, really bloody early, of course, to get the, obviously it's my thing. Want to be there first, mm-hmm. and there for two seconds before. 
Stephanie Beecham walks in early, floor to in a floor length mink, and she's not very well. Um, she's just flown in and she's been on the plane with Joan Collins and Joan Collins had riled her up in some way. <laughs> she's furious. Uh. So she's cross with Collins. You've got your little buckets. And she, she was going like, what are you doing? And I was like, hi, Stephanie, I'm Frog. Yes, I'm the one who wrote it. And da, 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 da. She plays my aunt in it. Yeah. Um, sort of second cousin, actually, but we refer to her as an aunt. Um, and I'm desperately trying to sort of, you know that thing where you go, I'm so aware that I'm touching all of these sweets now with my bare hands, and uh. that's probably dirty in front of <laughs> Stephanie Beecham, and she won't <laughs> like it. And then she also told me off for eating some of them, and I was like, I mean, I'm not really like... Ooh, I'm what, not because a, of... She was like, oh, well, you're eating too many sweets, and I was like, I'm not, I mean, I'm not on a diet, though. Mm. You know, I'm not... I'm so not were you in. like, wow, Stephanie Beecham, within, within 10 minutes, you're like, well, she's a bit of a prick. No, she wasn't. I actually really liked it, but I was like, she's quite. Um, it was a difficult start. Mm. Um, I mean, I think you could ask costume that as well. But um, <laughs> what, trying to get the mint costume, trying to get the mint coat off her. Or? That and also she had very strong. I'm sure you listen to this. Well, she's like, I can talk about it. She is brilliant, but she had incredibly strong feelings about the outfit she wanted to wear for the wedding episode, and I remember. Nice. June, the amazing costume woman coming to me going, I mean, she keeps saying it. She wants a coral coat with a this, that and the other and it doesn't exist. And I'm saying, Stephanie, it doesn't exist. I'm not making it. And I was like, I don't know. Does it really matter? And then, um, yeah, there were some other things that I think June did find for her, which she really liked, but then mm. she didn't wear. Right. Because she wanted to keep them for herself afterwards. Wow. It's a little thing that sometimes on a job, mm. costume might allow you to buy. Yes, after the there's show, normally yes. There's almost definitely on a film or anything, there'll be a sale right. where they're selling stuff off. Or, you know, you okay. can just get given so it for free. Stephanie Beecham, lovely, bit of a blagger. That's, that's well, fair. Maybe, right? I think that's fair. Maybe she, probably maybe, fair. Maybe the mink coat was, she blagged it off Joan Collins. That's why well, Joan Collins was so Well, she'd had that mink coat, actually. Do you know what? That was a good purchase. She told me all about it. <laughs> <laughs> and she'd had it for a long, long time. Right. And it had lasted. Well, they do. Do you know what? I actually think she was totally brilliant. I remember her last scene was the best scene that we shot where she gets hit in the face and um, she's bleeding everywhere. And she was so funny. She did some physical comedy stuff that was so funny. Were you nervous about having written that brilliant show about presenting Stephanie Beecham with that physical comedy? And on the day where you're like, fuck, I should have just made her do a small trip and it would have been fine. No, I don't think I even knew that she would do that. So she brought it. It was what I mean. She was just meant to collapse to the floor. Oh, but she and went then for it. she was like, I'm going to pop up like a sort of doll and do all of this. And I was like, yeah, brilliant, 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 brilliant. So I think perhaps it underestimated her. Mm. But she liked it. She really liked it. I, uh, it was good. So yeah. But I was trying to make a brilliant first impression, is my point with the buckets. Yes. Like little sweet treat. Loads of people left them behind, fuckers. <laughs> I had to clean it all up as well as set it all out. <laughs> I left mine behind at the retail because I didn't realise they were free. Well, you should have said at the beginning. I did. I did an introduction. Maybe I did at the end. I think actually, Tom, you left after. Your episode. Oh, yeah. That's, that's, so that's had me. you waited... I probably had some very important business to so, attend Yeah, to. you probably did. So that's why I bought them. But, yeah, um, just the effort. You know, you're sort of laying it out and you go, I look like... I think it would have been better if I had looked like I was really important rather than I was the runner setting up the read-through. I think, you know, that thing where... Because you had quite a few big stars. Everybody was really ill. Everybody who was over 70 and a big star mm. had pneumonia, basically, on that read-through. And, and we were, when it was recorded as well... Because Miriam Margulies was in it, of course. Yes, she, the star. I mean, brilliant. Uh, but very cold when we were making it. It was very, very cold. Oh, God, it was so cold and it was so dark. Yes, yes. It was at that time of year where our country feels like Norway. It was just sort of, it was difficult. And it, it is blue. that thing of going, oh, but brilliant. I'm straight after Christmas, straight doing a job. No, never, ever do it. No. 
Yes, and you have such lovely Christmas thinking. Oh, it's going to be so exciting after Christmas, straight into work. It's no. just bleak. Uh, but anyway, it's a nice point, you know, in this podcast uh, as we examine your life via your yeah. purchase history to say, look, here you are uh, in 2000 buying one DVD for your dad <laughs> as you're living some random corner. Yeah. And now here you are with your own I, sitcom. Yeah, on DVD. Uh, exactly. Yeah, now on exactly. DVD. Listen, Frog, I have loved doing this. Thank you so much for coming on. Brilliant. My Toaster. There's one final thing to do because ah. we've looked at your purchase history, but now we have to look into your purchase future. Right? Oh, God. So the final right. sting in the tail, quite literally. Uh, we go to your wish list to see, you know, we've seen what you've done with your past and we want to see what you want to do with your future. I don't think I have a wish well, you do. You have one thing on your wish list. Oh, my God. What it's is it? It's quite clear what you want to do with the future. Best in show, knit your own cat. I think... Yeah. I mean... I don't think that dreams that wish is ever going to come <laughs> true, is it? When the twins leave home, <laughs> when they finally grown out of nappies and apple-flavoured toothpaste. Actually, I can tell you, I think I've had another project. This is one of those things where, in the past, I was like, I'm going to do some craft in a mindfulness way. Yes. And Cicely has gone, you're not going to be able to do that. Yeah. I've gone... Screw you. <laughs> yeah. I am. You're not. Because most of my hobbies making chocolates, wine, baking. Obviously. Oh, God, you make chocolates. I've forgotten yeah, about that. Yeah, so good. Yes. And then it's like, oh, don't eat those. Don't get any fatter, et cetera, et cetera. And then Thanks, this, Stephanie Beecham. Well, and, you know, Cicely took that note mm-hmm. um, for me. <laughs> um, and so I think this was something I thought maybe I could do. But I was then also ridiculed. Right. So I don't have any hobbies and I don't have any wishes. Well, please don't think I'm ridiculing your intentions to knit your own cat. I, I can't really delightful. knit because I'm left-handed. What? It's much harder to learn these things. Really? Is that true? Well, I think, yeah, it's like, I, you know, unless somebody shows you how to do it left-handedly. There'll be a YouTube video for you. Uh, Frog, I can't do that. I want you to come back on this podcast Woo! in, in uh, let's say, five years. Okay, brilliant. Okay, and I want you to bring your own knitted cat with you, please, if you could. I might be a knitted cat. Mad knitting cat lady, Frogstone. <laughs> Thank you very much. Um, how can we see you? Are you on social medias? What's your Twitter's bit? Yeah, I'm Frogstone UK. I love it. Um, so you can tweet me there. Okay. Thank you very much for listening. My name's Tom Price. We'll be back again soon. Uh, you know what? I always say this bit at the end. Please give us a nice review. We got a new review the other day that made me so happy. Oh, so, brilliant. Someone was so nice about it because it's quite a lot of work talking nonsense to people about their Amazon purchase histories. And it's nice when it's appreciated. Yes. Uh, so do go to your podcast provider. Give us a nice review. And uh, give us a follow on Twitter at Toast to pod that's it for now see you next time bye bye thanks the same always. i can't the same always. i love the good of baby i don't want you for the rest of my day great big owl.com And welcome to the musical podcast. I'm Kiri. And I'm Jade. And I'm Dave. And Dave's on keys. But we don't play that too much because otherwise we'll have to pay some people rights money. Yeah. Uh, we do a live show where comedians come and sing their favourite musical theatre songs in front of a live audience. This podcast is us bringing that person inside of a building. <laughs> welcome to Just a Minute with Jade Adams. <laughs> <laughs> I panicked. Enjoy. Enjoy.